from Isaiah 50. The Holy One has given me the tongue of a teacher that I may know how to sustain the weary with the word. Morning by morning, God awakens me, awakens my ear to listen as those who are taught. The Holy One has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious. I did not turn backwards. I gave my back to those who struck me and my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from insult and spitting. God helps me, therefore. I have not been disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint, and I know that shall not be put to shame. God who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up together. Who are my adversaries? Let them confront me. It is God who helps me. Who will declare me guilty? Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. Do you have a favorite geographical location? A place that draws you? That holds you? Where you immediately, immediately feel like a sunflower, opening skyward, taking in the sun? This week is odd emotionally. It has some of the greatest highs and such cavernous lows. We celebrate the spirit of resiliency, of justice, of unity, of life that rises. And we remember the incomprehensible. We remember injustice, devastation, death, an extinguishing of light on the earth. It is an interesting companion to have so close to the death of Eugene, David's father, who died last week. In the midst of making a pilgrimage through his death, in the midst of the storytelling and the visiting and the drinking of tea, the sharing of challah, and saying goodbye to his body one more time, David and I had dentist appointments to keep. Odd. But life keeps going. On the drive home, we passed my favorite stretch of highway on 280, a place with rolling hills and open stretches of grass, an abundance for the grazing cows, a place where the streaming sunlight is always soothing. And it was then I realized we were on a pilgrimage, just as the people were making a pilgrimage to Jerusalem for the festival of Passover, the time of celebrating their liberation from an oppressive ruler, the yoke of Egypt, a celebration they continued even though they had a new oppressive ruler in Rome. 
They had been with Jesus on the way, from town to town, until it was time to enter the place where heaven and earth meet, the gates of Jerusalem. I wasn't ready for the triumphant entry, for the crowds and the hosannas. I wanted to be in the wilderness. Still on the pilgrimage way, where time is slower, traveled by foot. I wanted to be with the earth and the desert plants and the warm, dry air. I wanted to leave the highway before we reached the city and take a detour to the place that holds time, that holds our history, that knows it all. The deepening roots, the drinks of water, the cracking of the earth, the blooms and when they drop away. The place that remains after we've driven home, after the crowds have gone to bed. The place that's there again when we wake, when we have something to say, and when quiet arrives. I wanted to live in the home of the earth, still on the pilgrimage way, in that space that is so personal, where we carry the memories the belongings, the people, time, with us. Where there's no requirement to put them down until we're ready. Until we decide it's okay to leave what we've carried. Extra hiking shoes for someone else in need along the road. But the city inevitably comes. With its crowds and noise and hurried pace sometimes like a crashing wave. Jesus was so intentional about his entry. Go and tie the donkey and bring it here. I imagine this now as a remembered moment of humor before he died. Quite the contrast to the glory of Rome and Pilate's entrance with troops in tow. A moment of Humor as protest. Pilate, you thought you were going to show us who's in charge. So worried were you about our identity as liberated people, inheritors of the story of Passover and the Exodus. But much to your chagrin, we still refuse to recognize you as the one who rules us. We reject your version of authority. We choose the sovereignty of God the humble way of the pilgrim. We reject your version of maintaining allegiance through fear, symbols of war and might, and we choose to celebrate the one entering with an animal of peace. 
the process of remembering those who have died, of what happened, shapes new theologies within us. New understandings of God, new understandings of love, of family, of community, of living. They help us clarify how we want to be, who we are, why we are. And though Pilate would have the people be ashamed of proclaiming Jesus king, killing him with that description above his body, though he would have them quiet down and head off a revolt, they continued to tell the story. They recovered his humanity and theirs, and we continue with them. Untangling the layers of the story, the time when Jesus died and the time when the Gospels were written, we are faced with the cruel reality that the people who were meant to be shamed into submission by the death of Jesus were also then blamed for his death throughout history. The Gospels portray Pilate as innocent, that he didn't want to sentence Jesus to death, that the crowds made him do it, but that's not what we know of Pilate. He was, as his contemporaries have relayed, a vindictive person who would make judgments quickly without trials. And while Caiaphas would have needed to have a relationship with Pilate and Rome in order to reduce the amount of bloodshed, it is not clear that he would have wanted Jesus' death. One theory suggests that Caiaphas and Judas wanted to get Jesus out of the city to safety, but were unable. During the time the Gospels were written, most of the people new to Christianity were Romans. If a Roman governor ordered Jesus' death, was there room for these Romans to be Christians? I wish the answer given would have simply been yes. But as the theory goes, the writer solved this discomfort by qualifying what happened, saying Jesus was crucified, but the Roman governor didn't want to do it. He was pushed into it, thereby shifting the blame onto the Jewish crowds and authorities. So we continue to revisit the stories, recovering their humanity and ours the people of the Passover, the people of Jesus, the people we love. Stories that remind us who we are, where we come from, and who we are proud to be. We continue to try to piece together what happened, the shock that someone who was never supposed to die did. We continue to replay the pilgrimage that came before and the triumphant entry and the garden scene. We replay the washing of the feet and the sharing of the bread and the cup. We continue to make our way to the cross, incorporating into ourselves the one who showed us the way, incorporating their memory, their dignity, their words, their humor, their holla, their love into us so we can keep going a resurrection people on the pilgrimage way.
The Holy One has given us the tongue of a teacher, that we may know how to sustain the weary with a word. Morning by morning, God wakens, wakens our ears to listen as those who are taught. The Holy One has opened our ears, and we were not rebellious. We did not turn backwards. We know that we shall not be put to shame. God, who vindicates us, is near. Amen. <laughs>